Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, September 29th, 2021, and today we're reading from the big book. Um, We're in Chapter 6, and we're on page 87, the first paragraph. We usually conclude the period of meditation, reading that one paragraph only. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Tenzin P., 12 Traditions, Gina F., and reading the text are Susan S.H. and Marge O., and our backup is Joni C. The newcomer greeter is Kathy S., and the host of the second hour is Karen K. The reference numbers for Tuesday, September 28, 2021, are for the 7 a.m., 17,824. That's 17824. And for the 10 a.m. is 17,825. That's 17825. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P. checking in from New York. Uh, Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thank you, Tenzin. I will now ask Gina F. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Gina F., compulsive overeater in Connecticut. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Gina. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 87, the first paragraph. We usually conclude the period of meditation reading that one paragraph, and I will ask Susan S.H. to begin reading. Hello, this is Susan S.H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio, and uh, yeah, grateful to be of service here. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful to 
never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. What this paragraph says to me, what I understand the best of it, is that, yeah, every morning I I end my meditation with a prayer that I be shown all through the day what my next step is to be. Yeah. Um, I think this paragraph is a lot about checking my motives. Are my prayers for others actually so I'll feel comfortable? And uh, often I find that's the case. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's just the importance of prayer to me. And that I be shown all through the day and guided all through the day. So the prayer doesn't stop with the, on awakening. And uh, the last paragraph, or the last couple of sentences remind me, I need to check my motives. Are my prayers for others so that uh, I'll be comfortable? I'm praying for a higher power's will here. I'm praying for guidance, how I can carry out that will. And uh, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about it. I pass. Okay, thank you, Susan. Okay, so although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on this first paragraph on page 87? Janet B. Janet B. Lisa B. Barbara E. Barbara E. and Harlan G. Lisa B. I got you, Lisa. I have Janet, Lisa, Barbara, and Harlan. Tina S. Tina S. I can take a couple more. Okay, well, let's go with this group. Janet B., Lisa B., Barbara E., Harlan G., and Tina S. Go ahead, please, Janet. Janet, star one. Good morning. This is Janet B., recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia in New Jersey. So I'm looking at that line about um, we may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. And I think by the time we get to this part, we're um, we're no longer asking for like nice cars or um, you know fancy houses or promotions or things like that. We're we're aware that these things are just really selfish. That if I want a nicer car, it's for me. Um, but I think if I go a little deeper. I think about the things that I would ask for, things like patience. And I would say, well, I want patience so that I won't yell at my kids, so I'll be a better mom. But if I'm going to go deeper, I'm going to see that I really need to do things before that. And I wasted a lot of time just praying for patience, praying for patience, instead of saying that before I prayed for patience, I needed to um, inventory and confess what I was doing wrong so that I had such a dire need of patience. And for me, this is just something um, that I had really learned. 
I really needed to, before I would ask for patience, which would for sure benefit my kids, I needed to um, really confess and repent, for lack of a better word, of my idolatry of my children. My idolatry in the forms of I need my children to do well so that I'll look good, so that I'll feel like a success in the world. The idolatry of making sure that my children thought that I mattered to them. All of that um, I needed to just be aware of and ask God to forgive me for. Because um, it was one thing to just say, God, give me patience, but it didn't help until I looked at the reasons why I was so impatient. Because my kids were way too important to me, more important than God was, if I was to be honest. And I found that for myself, when I confessed my idolatry of my children, things like the patience would come a lot more easily. So for me, that was just a lesson that I learned that, you know, if I was asking for spiritual gifts from God, I needed to just look and inventory at why I needed them so badly. And generally it was because I was putting something or someone other than God on the throne. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Janet. Okay, Lisa B., you're up, followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Katie. This is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. Thank you for your service and for everyone that's here. Um, this is a great reading. The one that the part that jumps out for me is uh, we are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. And I remember uh, when I was new in recovery, I was newly recovered as a compulsive overeater. And this was the first time I had ever been recovered, you know, as a compulsive overeater. But I was in a lot of physical pain, emotional pain and spiritual pain. And I was just so frustrated. And it's funny because I went to my OA sponsor and bitched and moaned about it. And she doesn't remember this conversation, but she said to me, have you tried going to God and not asking for anything? Just going to God to be going to God to be in God's presence. And it occurred to me, I had never done that. Um, I had been going with a motive to get something for God so that I could feel good so that I could have the life the way I wanted it to be. And I was in so much pain on every level that I just started sitting and saying, I just want to know you better. I just want to know you better for you, just because I love you and I need you for you, not for what you can do for me and what I can get for you, from you. And that's when things really started to change. I started setting a timer and just sitting quietly. And, you know, there's a, a verse or a saying in one of the books I love reading that where the spirit of God is, there is freedom, you know, and when I'm in God's presence, I have everything I need and God's gifts are there constantly for me. And they're all spiritual gifts, you know, of um, serenity and peace, harmony, guidance, um, intuitiveness, love. And that's all there. I just need to get out of the way to let, and here's the, the kicker to let it flow out of me, you know, to let it flow out of me. Um, so anyways, it's all been there inside of me all along. I just needed to let it flow out. That's the whole thing. You know, I had to start to give it. I had to start to give it. So it's, it's constantly a mystery for me. And sometimes I get all back up in my way again. 
but um, it's a learning process. I don't know what's best for me or what's best for others. I just know I need God's presence. It's food. It's nourishment for me. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Um, And Barbara E., you're up, followed by Harlan G. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service and your whole crew for your service for this entire month. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey. My addiction stripped me of the opportunity for any emotional or spiritual growth, and learning didn't give me any real understanding until I accepted I truly was and am powerless over my food, and my life was a hot mess until I accepted that I needed help, and I truly became willing to listen and take it into my heart and to live it and report for duty every single day like a soldier saying yes sir or yes ma'am and to do what I hope I understood I was being asked to do multiple times during the day but first I had to seek my higher power out and pray I listened and understood the messages correctly because sometimes I didn't Freedom from self-will was one, and forgetting to pray, not for me, but for others, to realize that if I focused on my weight only, I'd never get the gifts of the program or the promises, but if I focused on the program, my higher power would take care of the rest. I also understood that physical pain comes, but emotional pain takes so much longer and requires much more work for me. And asking God to help me to remember that knowledge. I may be a quick learner, but I'm also an excellent forgetter. And I have an intolerance for discomfort. And life is full of discomfort. So I finally accepted that uncomfortability and pain does come in many forms. But suffering is optional. And we just have to go through it. So for me, I can walk through the discomfort and focus on making a call to ask how someone else is doing. Living with uncomfortability reminds me of a song from a musical, Carousel. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of the storm is a golden sky with the sweet silver song of a lark. Walk on through the wind, walk on through the rain, though your dreams be tossed and turned. Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart, and you'll never walk alone. And isn't that what we're doing when we come together to go through the steps every day? I may be recovered today, but tomorrow is a new day, and has been, has been said many times, an opportunity for, to, for me to wash Rinse and repeat. Thank you. I pass. Oh, perfect timing, Barbara. Okay, uh, Harlan G, you're up, followed by Tina. Thanks, Katie. And if you could, just because we're we love each other, please time me because I'm not home. I'm out walking. If you could do that, I appreciate it. I'm sure. Harlan G. Sure. Thank you. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, but not cured. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. We come from the Oxford group, and this paragraph, along with the paragraph on page 13 and hundreds of other paragraphs, are pure Oxford group. 
On page 87, when we read this paragraph, and on page 13, in the paragraph that starts with, I was to test my thinking, we are changing our paradigm in keeping with the four absolutes, absolute love, absolute unselfishness, absolute purity, absolute honesty. And these paragraphs speak to unselfishness, absolute unselfishness. We're changing our paradigm here. I used to pray, please let God, let her have a crush on me too. Please, God, give me a million dollars. Please, God, make me the quarterback for the Bears. No, it doesn't work that way. That never worked. But what works better is, how can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. And this paragraph in different words is saying that. It's also inferring that I'm working steps throughout the day. That the working of the steps is not something that ends with the school bell ringing or the work whistle sounding. That it is something that goes with me constantly. And the paradigm that's changing is I am moving from selfish, childish petition. God, bring me a, a bicycle. God, bring me whatever. To God, how do I serve you better? How do I get to know you better? I don't want what I want. I want what you want. Does that sound like page, excuse me, page 13? You bet it does. Does it sound like the third step promises? You bet it does. Does it sound like almost every page from this book? You bet it does. We come from the Oxford group, and this paragraph is pure Oxford group. And what it's asking me to do is take my needs and my wants out of the equation and to trust God and to trust that higher power that if I do his work well, he will make sure that I am taken care of. So this paragraph is critical to keeping with that paradigm shift that is healthier than me, 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 give me, buy me, and I want. Because that never worked for anybody. And this paradigm shift is so critical in the difference between recovered and struggling on the struggle bus. What's the number one question in, in the vision? What's Time, the number please. one question? Okay. The number one question is, what's the difference between recovered and recovering? Well, here it is. Here it is. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan. Okay, Tina S., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares. And we're on page 87, the first paragraph, which is we usually conclude the period of meditation. So go ahead, please, Tina. Thanks so much, Katie. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Uh, heard some really great stuff this morning, and, and I love this part of the book. You know, um, I've been reading it for a long time, and um, a lot of days I really study it, you know, most days. But some days I re just read through it. This is the paragraph that really has changed me, and I think that it's already been said. You know, I, I, come, I, I go from a selfish person to a much more selfless 
person. You know, I'm still selfish to the extreme. You know, I have to be honest here. But I love that it says, you know, we conclude the period of meditation. So I'm meditating here and I'm praying and with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. And here's the kicker. We ask especially for freedom from self-will. So I'm asking today, you know, because my primary purpose is to be of maximum service to God and to those about me. So I'm asking God to show me all through the day what I'm supposed to do. What's my next step? You know, and, and to be free from self-will and, you know, and not to act, and be careful not to make no requests for ourselves only, of course. You know, and, you know, some days are better than others. But what I found lately is that throughout the day, you know, what happens is if I don't really know what to do, I know to pray. And it's only through the practice. You know, it's through the practice of doing this stuff daily that I remember throughout the day that if I don't know what to do next, you know, my first thought is, God, show me what I could do for the, for another as for this sick, suffering person. You know, what can I do? You know, and even if I don't even mean it, most times I probably don't. You know, but I'm asking. And, and the good news about that is I get an answer for that. I get an intuitive thought, like, okay, call so-and-so. I haven't heard from her in a while. Call so-and-so. You know, get on a meeting. You know, see how I can be helpful. What can I do for service? You know, those are the thoughts that I get that, you know, I can, that I can be attuned to today. You know, that when I got here, I didn't want to have any of them for sure. But through the practice of the 12 steps and, of course, what was just said, the transformation that comes about through working the steps, you know, is a spiritual awakening. And I'm looking to see what I could do for someone else rather than what I can do for, for me is what I – was only what I was doing when I got here. And uh, with that, I'll pass. This is some great stuff. Looking forward to some more shares. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Okay, so although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who else would like to share on this first paragraph on page 87? KDG from Boston. Okay, KDG. Anita J. Christina J. T. Oh, Christina J. Christina J. Okay. Jennifer S. Elizabeth T. Elizabeth T. Jean S. Jean S. Okay. I have Katie G. Christina J. Elizabeth T. And Jean S. Who did I miss? Jennifer C. Jennifer C. We have time for several more. Okay, let's go with this group. Katie G, Christina J, Elizabeth T, Jean S, and Jennifer C. Go ahead, please, Katie G. Hey, Katie, good morning. Thanks for taking the meeting. This is Katie G, recovered in Boston. And, um, you know, I was thinking, like, why does praying for myself only not work i could easily see why why not <laughs> so i started thinking about that and um a lot of a lot of speakers that i admire talk about that <clears throat> so the lie is that getting what i want is going to make me happy right so if getting what i want makes me happy then why am i not happy right now i am living in a house i have a husband i have children I have um, a roof over my head, food in the fridge, clothes on my back, money in the bank. 
I also got a Cabbage Patch doll when I was eight years old, but it's not making me happy. It's because happiness is this illusion, right? The promises tell me I'm going to go know a new freedom and a new happiness. And if I'm begging God like Santa Claus all day and then it doesn't happen or it does happen, neither way works. And for me, what's been so fascinating over the years is to see that when I don't get what I want, when I don't have the outcome I desire, when I do have to struggle, I find that, as page 100 is going to tell me, the things I place in God's hands are better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and in triumphant world, no matter what your present circumstances. So life is life. It's going to life all over us until we are not lifing anymore, right? I mean, that's what's going to happen. People are going to die. COVID is going to happen. Things are going to happen. People are going to die. I just said that. Like, we're going to struggle. And that that's true. Having said that, like, what I have learned um, in my time in recovery is that my relationship with God and helping others is the source and the key to all my happiness. I don't have to eat. I don't have to starve. I don't have to hurt myself with food. And when I get out of myself, because we're all going through life. I mean, I had life happening yesterday. And what a privilege it was to bear witness to women that I trudge with, to hear them, to hear their struggles, to hear their joy. So this is a new happiness. Like, and I love that someone said, this is the difference between struggling and recovered. Like, I actually have a solution that works today. And I have to tell you, if you've got a need, if you need prayers, you you call me. I think that praying for other people is like the good juice that I never got. It is absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't tried it, try it. It is the way to live life. So I'm so happy to have my seat with y'all this morning. Grateful to be recovered. Let's trudge another day. But that I pass. Thank you, Katie. Okay, um, Christina J, you're up, followed by Elizabeth T. Good morning. Christina J from the state of Washington, recovered for today with God's grace. Thank you for your service. Shares have been phenomenal, and I wasn't going to share today because uh, I wanted to share on Friday on the big paragraph that's coming, but God kept prompting me. So what I'm seeing here in these last several paragraphs, um, we constructively review our day. We consider our plans for the day. In thinking about our day, um, we usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day. God's not asking me to think about tomorrow, to fear forecast into the future, which I've been doing for about two months now with this big move we have coming across the country and all kinds of challenges coming down the pike for me. How can I be of service if I'm sitting around worried about tomorrow? I am getting a great lesson in what it's like to live in today and surrender to God because people, that's the only place I can find peace today is just surrendering tomorrow. <clears throat> so... He, this book is saying, hey, you, you just got to stand today. That's it. One day at a time, one moment at a time, one challenge at a time. How can I be of service? Again, if I'm living in fear, crunched over, begging God for the right answers, and how am I going to control this situation that's come up? Um, I can't do it. Yesterday, for the first time in my life, I was able to stay in today, in yesterday. That's it. And I was able to be of grand service. I was in peace. I wasn't clenching my hands. 
I'm going on the answers that God's giving. I've got green lights on so many fronts, but then we have challenges. Thank God, because that causes me to grow. Um, He's going to give me whatever I need to take care of my problems. Uh, In this living in today, I get to live free from self-will. And I don't sit around asking for myself, oh, God, how am I going to control it? How am I going to get through this? Yesterday, a cheesecake came into the office. Uh, Somebody brought in a homemade, huge cheesecake. And I I laughed. I laughed in my 11th step last night to my sponsor because I didn't want it. And these people are not compulsive overeaters. It sat there all day. And finally I asked my boss, you know, should I put this in the fridge for you guys? (laughs) And I I just laughed because it doesn't call me. It's absurd to me that it doesn't call me anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm repulsed from it. But I'm also laughing now and not, like, running away from it going, oh, my God, what am I going to do if I, if I want to eat it? It's like just, and how could I be of service if I was in that cheesecake? I'd be miserable. I'd have to start over again. I mean, it just makes me sick to think about it, and I'm grateful for thinking about it and feeling sick and also now laughing at the demon that used to control me. We may ask for ourselves if others will be helped. My prayers are for others. Careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. I want to be of service. Time, please. Thank you. This move across the country is going to help me to be of more service because I'll have more time. So thank you for letting me share. In thank you so much, Christina J. And Elizabeth T., you're up, followed by Jean F. Can, you, can I be heard? This is Elizabeth T. You can now, yep. Okay, wonderful. My name is Elizabeth T. from Minneapolis, and I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered. Um, thank you all for supporting your shares. Um, I think really what speaks to me about this paragraph is, you know, yes, we're going back to what are the three kind of legs of this, this program? Um, we need to trust in God. We need to do inventory. And we need to work with others. And that's the three legs of really recovery. Not just one leg, not just two legs. It really needs all three. So before this paragraph or before prayer and meditation, we really, yes, we do have to do an inventory to clear away anything that, you know, and take and look at what is in the way of my usefulness to God, to me being of service, and also to me trusting in God. Um, I think it's a tall order to trust in God. I think that that sometimes is like, how do you do that? And what's wonderful about this whole step, the 11th step, is it's giving us exact instructions on how to say, how to try to start trusting in God. Of course, before this, we have been given, um, you know, we have, I have been relieved. I have come to believe, um, you know, that power greater than myself has restored me to sanity. I was insane. I will say that. You'll hear stories. You'll hear my story. And there was insanity. And I have been restored to sanity and health. And as a result, now I'm coming to this time in which it's giving me step-by-step instructions on how to pray and how to listen. And, you know, what I also love about this paragraph is that it, it is really, it's, 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 it's acknowledging self is going to creep in. Self is going to creep in even in my prayer life, even in how I ask for things or do I ask for things. And it's wonderful, gentle reminders that, yes, it's thy will be done. If I have thy will be done to everything, um, 
it actually is a wonderful, wonderful reminder that I'm not in control. And even in my heart, I have certain things that I really want for my sister who right now is going into hospice. You know what? It's thy will be done. I'm not God. I don't know the big providential picture. And I am trusting that God has it covered and that God makes good. Um, These are all things that I know intellectually, but this paragraph helps me to like practice it. And, and what I also love about this paragraph is that it does say that God will not ask God, you know, we ask God um, or we, we, we pray or we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. So we're going to want to have problems and we get to ask for to be accompanied by them and to be given what we need for those problems. Time, please. I don't have, sure. I don't have to problem solve. I don't have to solution. I can give this over to God. With that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Elizabeth. Okay, Jean S., you're up, followed by Jennifer C. Uh, good morning. This is Jean S. Like Sam from Utah and uh, recovered compulsive overeater. I uh, was especially touched in this paragraph by um, the part that says, um, that we're careful to make no requests for ourselves. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. And I was uh, reminded this week by um, a a recovered sponsee, actually, about a prayer that's on page 552. And, And I'm sorry, I don't know the name that's officially given to that prayer. But, um, but, but reading that page 87 reminded me too of this prayer. Now, my sponsor shared this prayer initially with me on page 552, and I was to use it as I was doing my steps four and five and, uh, you know, amends making and all. Well, a situation recently came up where um, I felt a lot of emotion, resentment, fear, anger, I guess, um, and I uh, was reminded by my recovered sponsee to go and try this prayer, maybe, or, yeah, um, well, yeah, sorry. <laughs> At any rate, I did, and I created one that was important in this situation, and the thing that was so beautiful for me is that I only needed to say it once, and I already felt empathy, tolerance, compassion, patience, love, and support for the person that I placed in the prayer. It, it was it's beautiful. It's beautiful. These prayers are beautiful. They're powerful. When the word pity is used in that particular section in 552, that's an old-fashioned word to me. I um, prefer the word empathy, and since Bill W. liked to change things out, I hope that's okay that I did that too. And still, I'm just really grateful, grateful for the prayers to God, grateful that they changed my heart. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Jean S. and Jennifer C., you're up, and then we'll have time for 
um, about four more shares. Jennifer C. Hi, star one. Hi. hi, can you hear there me? There you are. Yeah. Uh, good morning. Um, this is Jennifer C. Greenville, South Carolina. What a beautiful meeting this morning. Um, you know, I read this paragraph and, you know, the words that kind of resound in my mind are, you know, thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I do thy will always, right? Thy power, thy love, thy way of life all through the day, right? What's my next step? That's faith in action, right? Um, you know, this is about taking my feelings off the throne of my life today and letting God truly be my God, my director, my employer, my father. You know, from, from my head to my heart, that's what this whole thing is about, from my head to my heart. You know, self-reliance is so subtle. And as long as I believe that I can rely on myself, I won't ask. You know, the 12 and 12 tells me self-confidence is a liability. In my new life today, self-confidence is a liability. The old me is self-reliant, right? She thinks that if she uh, ruminates long enough on something, she's going to figure it out. Um, truth is, I'm powerless, period, right? My life is unmanageable, period. Not because of the food, but because I was meant to need God. You know, like I am meant to need God. Without God, this book tells me, both of the books I read, right, the Bible and the big book, tell me that I'm nothing without God. And I had to get to a place where I had to recognize that I was bringing my self-will and my self-reliance into the way I worked my program. You know, I have to put the food down. I have to work the steps. I have to pick up the phone. I, 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 right? God, please help me do your will. I had to get to a place where I surrendered to the fact that I couldn't put the food down. I couldn't work the steps because I couldn't keep the food down. I couldn't pick up the phone. I was stuck in isolation. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. God, please help me do your will. I'm powerless. I'm powerless. And God wants me free more than I want to be free, right? And he also has all the power. So my favorite word in this paragraph is ask. Never stop asking all through the day, step by step, right? Never stop asking. And, um, and that's what I love about doing his will, thy power, thy love, thy way of life, I need to ask. And he gives me the power to carry it out. Thanks for letting me share. Have a beautiful day, everyone. With that, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer C. Okay, so we have time for about four more shares. Um, we're on page 87, the first paragraph. So if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, who would like to share? Lynn Ross H. M. Lynn H. Ross M. Jackie A. Wonka B. Wonka B. B. Anita J. Okay, so there's our lineup. Okay, I have Lynn H. Russ M. Jackie A. Blanca B. I think, and if we have time, Anita J. Go ahead, please, Lynn H. 
Hi, good morning. Lynn Rene H. from Montreal. Uh, Tragic on the road of recovery at step 11. And I, like, I'm I'm more French than English, but I have this gift of being bilingual. And um, what I'm hearing this morning is something, oh, my God, it's so good because I read those pages for five years every single day, and the only paragraph I didn't understand was that one. Like, why Why the hell can I ask? Like, how do I pray if I don't pray for things that I need or want? I didn't understand. And it's like, I find it so mind-boggling that this book is written in English or in French or in any other language that people can understand their own language, but we don't understand it. It's like, it's so mind-boggling. It's, for me, I find it's more hard to understand this book, like the the method of this book, if not my method, than learning Mandarin or Chinese. I don't know if it's how we say Mandarin in English, but anyway. And that's why I need people to really give me examples of what it's written. Like, what does it say? Yeah, it's, I understand the words, but I don't understand how to apply that. I don't understand how to really, there's something that is so blocked inside myself with fear and self-reliance was my code. (laughs) Get out of my way, people. And now it's like, come in my door, please, I need you. I can't can't live without you guys. Because if not, I can't see, I can't hear, and I can't live. And um, just this morning was so strange, I realized this morning the step says prayer and meditation. You know what I've been doing for seven years? Meditation and prayer. Why the hell am I putting these two things up like upside down? Prayer is to sit down and uh, yeah, talk to my God and meditation is to listen to the intuition. So why am I listening to something I I didn't even talk to him It's so strange how I put everything all upside down in this program if I don't have you guys. And for that, I am so grateful. Um, You don't even know how much you're changing my my world, the world of the people I love around me. And uh, if you're not not convinced, stay till you're convinced. And bother people. And I need to be passionate about this program because it's life. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you, Lynn H. And Russ M., you're up, followed by Jackie A. Good morning, Katie. Thank you, Russ M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and PA. So when I, when I look at this paragraph, uh, being a self-centered, narcissistic person that I am, that I still battle, you know, make no requests for ourselves. Come on, man. I got to get mine. I got a family. I got to pay bills. I have to, you know, I have to be free. I got to be the man. I have, you know, whatever goes with that. Yet, when I, you know, when I live this way of life and, and I work it the way this book lays it out by really not just going out for others, just surrendering all the extraneous crap in our life, the things that wear me down to God, even though it's painful, even though it's hard, even though it's I, I, sometimes it's hard for me to do, 
and I get out of myself. I work with others. I, I you know, I, I pray for others. I look at myself worse than I look at others. You know, I, I analyze myself more to be better. It seems to work out. It don't make any sense to me. Because, you know, I came up that I got to get it myself. And nobody's going to take care of me except me. But in this way of life, it's a surrender. It's a surrender. And that's the hardest thing I've ever had to do is surrender each part of my life to God. And it is like the book says it for me. I don't know about anybody else, but it's better than I can ever imagine. It's not perfect, but you know I'm 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 living life free, and I'm working at it day by day that you know, I could continue to surrender. It's going to be you know I'll have it figured out ten minutes after I'm dead. You know it'll all be perfect then, but until then I have a way of life to navigate through through the challenges of life and to have a a deeper, more intimate relationship with God in every aspect of my life, and. Uh, I think, for me, that's what this is all about. You know, that's what got me screwed up. Yes, I'm wired a certain way, and I had to medicate, but the underlying thing is that uh, I, I was trying to do it myself, and there was no trust in God. So that's what this paragraph means. It makes no sense to me sometimes, but I just do it this way, and things seem to work out. With that, I'll pass. Have a great day, everybody. Love you. Thank you so much, Russ. And now we have time for Jackie A, followed by Blanca B. Jackie A. Oh, oh, thank you. This is Jackie A. Can I be heard? Yes. Hi, everybody. Thank you very much for the readings, for the shares, for your service. This is Jackie A from Connecticut. Um, this is my third and a half week in the program and a three-week salad of a Vision for You meetings in the morning. And I, I've had probably about 25 church services or temple services in my entire life. And if I was walking today and listening to the shares, I was thinking like, okay, when I was younger, the first time I was ever taught to pray back when I was very agnostic, like almost atheist agnostic, um, I was always taught you pray for others that are sick. And I was never taught you were prayed for yourself. And so that kind of kept like this lifelong cycle of almost self-deprecation where I would not have things that I needed because I would go above and beyond in the people-pleasing sense for others or just necessities because I cared about them and I didn't want to see, you know, family that has autism or was going to lose their house struggle. So and as a social worker, the same thing. Like, I didn't want to be above my clients. I wanted to be on that same exact level with them so I could relate, so I could understand, so I would never feel superior. And I would also never feel like they couldn't trust me because I felt like I was walking the walk. So it's hard because in some ways I do pray for myself because I pray for the strength to live a better life, to not feel like I have to have this poverty consciousness or like that's what I'm supposed to do. And I have access now to a nicer car, to a nicer home that I'm afraid to take care of because it's like it's foreign to me to take care of nicer things. So in those aspects, I do selfishly pray for myself because I feel like it creates a hub for other people to feel more comfortable, at peace, clean, you know, at rest when they are with me versus feeling like they're getting less than. 
but I always, I like the prayer exchange. Like I always feel like I pray for others and then they'll say the same thing. Like a, a random person will say like, I'm praying for you. Or I thought about you today. So that's kind of how I understand this package is like, or past book package. But this passage is just more of like, you know, it's a go around. It's like you pay for the person in front of you in line and somebody else, you know, two days later or something like in the universe decides to give you a gift of in that spirit. So with that, I pass and I thank you guys for listening. I'm sorry, did you say pass? I didn't hear you. I guess so. Um, let's go on please to Blanca B and she'll be our last share for today. Anita, if you could stick around for the second hour. Good morning, this is Blanca B. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to share. This is a an amazing paragraph and the shares have been amazing. You know, <clears throat> when I look back on my life, uh, it's so obvious if anyone else were looking at it too, I must say. They would see clearly the things in my life that I prayed for. None of them came to fruition. Not one. And you'd think that that would be enough. At some point in my life, I would have looked back and thought and realized that. Well, the things that I prayed for, the things that I asked for and wanted and thought I so desperately needed, I never got. And that it would have been obvious that there was something very big missing in my life, <laughs> like a higher power, like praying for others, like praying for the patience and the ability to understand others before I lashed out. All of those kinds of things, those were never in my prayers. That's not what I asked for from God. <clears throat> and I look back now and it's, like someone before said, it's almost comical. You know, it makes me chuckle. The things I ask for today are very, very different. And this, this paragraph to me is really the basis of my addiction. As an addict, I want instant gratification. Give it to me now, now, now. And that's how I let, led my life and bulldozed my way through others and others' lives. But thank God through this program and the grace of uh, of all of you in this program life has changed in a wonderful wonderful way and prayers have been answered but wonderful prayers that are priceless that I wouldn't change go back for for anything and on that I'll pass okay thank you so much Blanca and um, we have about a minute Anita if you want to take a minute otherwise we'll just Go ahead and close out. I can take a minute. I just want to say, step Anita Jane from Massachusetts. Step 11 has become the most precious step of all 12 of them. And um, surrendering and aligning my will with God. That's the mission every morning because I seem to wake up with two agendas. Sorry, Lord, <laughs> but it still happens. But I ask it to be aligned, discard, discard the things that are not important at the end of the day. Does it matter if I do this or this or this? But it matters if I've reached out to other people. That matters. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Thank you so much, Anita, for... Um 
for taking us out today. And uh, thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you for Team uh, Wednesday for the month of September. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, September 29th, 2021, 7 a.m. meeting is 17,830. That's 17830. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Marge O. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.